I don't know about you. I know you kind of commented on it on one of Steve Baumgartner's posts earlier in the season that it's almost like being a Husker fan now is like being in a very unhealthy, if not abusive, relationship. Yes. Because <laughs> it seems like they play really, really good against good teams, and they tease you, and they get you all excited, and then they rip your freaking heart out and smash you in the junk with it right at the end of the game. Yeah, you're so. like, I swear he's going to change. Yeah, you know, he's he's hurt me many times before, but <laughs> this time is different. Two generations. One passion. This is Generation Red. How many tackles can one man break? Touchdown. Cross to the middle. Juggle. Snap is down. The kick is up. The kick is. Get that way. And the kick is. Hello, Husker fans. Your favorite father and son duo is back for another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker fan podcast where we try to be sweet. But thanks to that crap that happened in Madison, we're probably going to be a little salty. So be ready. Anyway, we're going to, uh, of course, recap the whiskey game today, and then we will also give you our players of the game, all that good stuff that we usually do for a game recap. And uh, yeah, went to Madison. Played our tails off for four quarters and then in typical Nebraska fashion. Get down inside the red zone for the second straight time against a top uh, 15 opponent and shoot ourselves in the foot when it mattered. So, yet again, Nebraska leaves another opportunity to beat a top team uh, on the field instead of actually grabbing it. So it was what it was. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the games that we had picked last week, Scott. Um, you went 6-0. and Congratulations. I went 4-2. and I'll take 4-2 uh, and just about every time because I'm, I'm a C-plus student. So if I go 4-2, and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I uh, started out the week 14-10 and is my overall record, and I went 4-2. and So now I'm 18-12. and I had um, I had Clemson versus Wake Forest as one of my games, and I had Wake Forest winning, which, of course, Clemson uh, completely kicked me in the head then and <laughs> beat them 48-27. to Scott picked the upset, and I did not, so he won that one. Uh, the second game was Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech. I thought Tech would play a little better, but I did pick Oklahoma State to win. They blanked them 23 to nothing. We both picked that, so that was a win for you and a win for me. And then number two, Alabama beats number 21, Arkansas, 42-35. to That was a heck of a game. Yeah, um, that was a fun I one. I <laughs> didn't see much of it, but I kept seeing the updates on TV, and I was like, wow, I should really turn that on. But I was driving, so it was kind of hard to, to watch a game when you're driving. But we both picked Bama, so those were another another win for both of us. So, yeah, I went... Two and one on my picks, and you went three and zero. Oh. So, are you ready to talk about yours? Yeah, but did you uh, see the? You should check out the highlight of Arkansas doing a fake field goal with a jump pass from their 
from their kicker to one of the guys. One of their, no, I, I didn't see that. Ends. I need yeah. to do that. It was, uh, I think it was 21 to 34 with Alabama leading in the fourth quarter, and Arkansas fakes a field goal uh, and just does a little dump pass down the middle to one of their, I believe, tight ends because he's a big, tall, white dude, and uh, scored a touchdown on a fake on a fake field goal to bring it within six. So that was that was that was probably the highlight of that game and kept Arkansas <laughs> in the game for the most part, but. Yeah, no, I'm ready to go. Wow. So, yeah, it looks like I'm 16-8 and eight right now on the season for our six-pack picks. Um, first Going game, into this week, you were. Now you're 22-8. and eight. Oh, my bad. My bad. I was just reading reading what, what was written down. Um, yeah, so Iowa – yeah, oh, I, Iowa. Oh, my God. I am not, not like, that sharp right now. So here we go. Um, Ohio State. Beats the living crap out of Michigan State, 56-7. Both Dad and I picked Ohio State for that one, so that's a dub for both of us. Uh, yeah, Michigan State just looked like a bag of ass. And uh, Yeah, they did. Second second game was uh, number 11, Baylor, beating K-State, 20-10. Uh, both Dad and I picked Baylor on that one, so we both get a dub there. And then the last game, which was kind of this one, once again a split between me and my dad, I picked Utah to beat Oregon. And while I picked that, I did not imagine the game to turn out the way that it did and just an absolute bludgeoning of Oregon. Utah defeats, or as you wrote, yeah. buries. They buried Oregon 38-7, to so I get a dub on that one, and Dad takes an yeah. L on that one, so I was... Uh, loser. I was 6-for-6 six six this weekend, <laughs> so that was pretty good. And Utah's uniforms looked freaking sick. I love their gnarly I need to get. I need to go back and watch that. I, I really oh, do. I need dude, to go find uniforms, a replay of it and watch it. Their uniforms look just absolutely sick. Um, well, and it was at Utah, right? It was in yes. Provo, I think it yep. was. Yep, it was. Yeah. So, so and they and they had a record record sellout crowd of like fifty seven thousand people packed in there. So that's that's wow. pretty impressive. Fifty seven thousand sober Mormons. That's got to be boring. <laughs> well, they're the less Mormon. They're the less. <laughs> oh, that's Mormon right. Mormons. They actually allow drinking in Provo. Yes, <laughs> it's BYU. They don't like it all that much. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, that covers our six pack picks of the week results. We will do we will pick six more games in our next episode, which is the Iowa preview that should come out on Wednesday. I'll try to get it out a day earlier than normal simply because the game is on Friday. All that good stuff. So our new six pack will come out then. Um so yeah, Scott's twenty two and eight. I am eighteen and twelve. And I'm kinda happy that I'm actually over five hundred. So that's pretty cool. Uh so I guess we can't put it off any longer. We've been saying this for five weeks in a row now, that now we have to talk about the game we just lost. So let's do it, I suppose. Uh, all right. So Nebraska went to Madtown, and they uh, promptly gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown, so they're basically playing behind the entire game, which seems to be the typical Nebraska MO. <laughs> we don't like to get a lead unless it's against the probably worst Power 5 team in the Big Ten in Northwestern. So uh, let's take a look at the stats because stats tell a lot of the tale, 
except for the fact that Nebraska won most of the statistical categories but did not win the one that matters most, which is, again, the typical M.O. for this Nebraska team. Total offense, Nebraska uh, was 452 to 397 total offensive yards. Passing, Nebraska outpassed Wisconsin by more than double, 351 yards to 145. But both teams only ended up with one passing TD, while Nebraska ended up with two interceptions. I was watching the game, uh, the replay of the game, Scott. I don't remember if one of those TDs or one of those interceptions actually led to a touchdown. I think the Black Shirts stood up tall in both of those, and they didn't give up a touchdown. But I don't remember for sure. Um, rushing, Wisconsin, of course, won that battle with 252 yards and three touchdowns. Nebraska only managed 101 yards, but they also scored three touchdowns on the ground. So that was impressive. Time of possession. Holy cow, you would have thought we won this game. 33 minutes and 17 seconds for Nebraska versus 26 minutes and uh, 43 seconds because I can't math. I've got it written down as 26-47. So there you go. (laughs) And then uh, I think it bears mentioning special teams bit us in the ass. Obviously, with the kickoff return for a TD right from the first kick of the game. Uh, But it also bit Wisconsin. They haven't been really good in the field goal department either. They missed one, uh, which would have helped them win by two scores. But, of course, because they missed it, we only lost by one score. God, it's getting old saying that. Uh, Nebraska fumbled a kickoff, so we ended up having to start on, like, the six or the eight-yard line. Uh, We had some inconsistent punting, even though... Pristop did recover and ended up averaging 38 yards a kick, which isn't bad considering he had a couple of really bad ones. Uh, Frankie's kickoffs were short. I didn't know if you noticed it the last couple times Nebraska kicked off. It was Chase Contreras out there kicking off, and he put both of them into the end zone. And he also made all four of his extra points. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the stats that I need to talk about. I don't really want to dive too much deeper into any of them other than the fact that Nebraska won most of them except for rushing, which really, when you win the rushing game, uh, you generally win the game. So anyway, let's uh, talk about some of the impressions. What were your overall impressions? I know you said you didn't necessarily watch too much of it because it was hard to do so, Uh, but what were kind of your overall impressions of what happened on Saturday? Um, First and foremost, I just wanted to... uh... Well, I didn't want to. This is like, like really, like the the only impression that I had of the overall game was that we had plenty of opportunities to capitalize off of things, and we didn't. Um, but at the same time, yep. there were many moments where we grinded out uh, sufficient plays in order to capitalize off of those. So it was kind of like a back and forth there. Um, mm-hmm. You were right that one of our interceptions did lead to a wisconsin touchdown um so i thought so like even though martinez had overall a pretty pretty impressive game uh it it's still in the interception category he threw two pretty crucial interceptions in the uh second half so that was really frustrating and on tv i i knew it was going to happen i said it out loud the uh, announcers, uh, one thing that I remember specifically was that the announcers were basically talking up Martinez and they were just saying, yeah, he's a great guy. He's just got to figure some things out. Like if he were to reduce his turnovers and 
and make smarter mm-hmm. decisions. He would be a really great quarterback. Like Frost is talking about him coming back next year, blah, blah, blah. And in the middle of saying that, Martinez throws a pick. And then, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I said out loud, I was like talking kind of, uh, talking to the TV and was just like, watch, he's going to throw an interception. And then that's exactly what happened. And so that was kind of, uh, an entertaining moment for myself. Um, but yeah, like my dad said, I, I didn't really bring myself to watch the game all that much. Uh, I was on the couch. I was, the TV was on, but I just kind of scrolled on TikTok and disassociated from the whole experience because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, going into halftime, being tied at 14, I still was just like, all right, we're going to probably play another close half and somehow we'll get a either game-winning drive or game-tying drive at the end of the game and we'll find some ridiculous way to uh, not not do it, to be not successful. Right. And... That's what we did. Last last downs of the game, we went 10 plays for 44 yards with uh, mm-hmm. basically four incomplete passes in a row. Actually, it was like five uh, because mm-hmm. of a penalty. So we had five incomplete passes in a row, which all of them were off of Martinez's back foot. They just didn't go. It was yeah. like he was just bombing it. And he was like trying to throw a Hail Mary, but inside of like the 20. Uh, so, but then of course, yeah, yeah the, uh, a couple of guys. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was just a frustrating game to watch, uh, just all together. But once again, another one score loss for the Cornhuskers, add that to the mm-hmm. anomalous, uh, story of this year for the Cornhuskers. And yeah, man, I'm just, I'm ready for the season to be over. Um, yeah. And this game was just another one of those that, shoot, man, if this would be, if this game would have been a game that we played earlier in the season, I would think that we would have won seven or eight games thus far this season. But as mm-hmm. as things tend to go, or as things have gone thus far, we only have three wins on the board. So uh, I don't really yeah. know. I don't know what else to say. Um. <laughs> I well, I you know as you were talking about Martinez, uh, for me, I thought he played one of his best games. If you take those two interceptions away, uh, the game planning that that the coaches put together, I thought it was one of the better game plans they've done all season. Uh, because Wisconsin was the number one defense in the country, and we dropped four hundred and some odd yards on them uh, because they couldn't figure out what to do with this. Uh, between the 20s once we got inside the 20 it was a different game but we did score what three times in the red zone four times i think all four of those were red zone scores though we were in the red zone what two three more times and we did nothing with it so uh that there was potential there to drop 42 to you know 35 to 42 points on that defense if we could have done something in the red zone on those places on those uh, drives that we took ourselves out uh, Austin Allen was absolutely unstoppable which we'll talk about him a little bit in a little bit um, and, and they were talking about that on the radio uh, Davison and Sharp both pointed out that one of the things they were doing is they were moving the pocket just a little bit to either side and they were moving Cam Jurgens over they were pulling him so that he could seal off somebody on the outside wherever 
Martinez was moving the pocket to. Jurgens was flowing over that way, which made those two middle linebackers, Chennault and Sanford, kind of sit for a half a second or two to figure out what the heck was going on instead of just charging right up the middle, which gave Martinez just enough time to be able to drop the ball off to Allen when he needed to once those linebackers committed to rushing. So uh, I think uh, I think Frost figured something out on that defense. If they could figure out how to scheme these guys to do what they wanted to, then you know, 15 yards down the field, Allen would be open, and he was all freak, freaking day. So, uh, yeah, they just couldn't close the deal was the problem. Uh, that holding call at the end of the game on that last drive was an absolute killer. Um, I remember hearing, I remember listening to the radio because I couldn't watch the game because I was driving, <laughs> and uh, they they said, oh, there's a flag, and I'm like, yep, it's going to be a hold, and it's probably on Ben Hart, and sure enough, that's what it was. And then when I watched the game later, I'm like, yeah, this team has not been able to figure out how to overcome penalties yet. They did earlier in the game, but in this particular case, they didn't. And I was really struck by the fact that our run defense let us down. Uh, I know we were missing one of our better tackle tacklers in um, Deontay Williams. Uh, he may have been able to get Braylon Adam, uh, Braylon Adams, Braylon Allen down on a couple of those big runs that he had for touchdowns if he was in the game, but he wasn't. So the next guy has to step up and Farmer had a little rough time with him. I think, uh, Cam Taylor Britt bounced off of him like a bowling pin on his first touchdown run. Um, and then the injuries to specifically Damian Daniels and, um, Caleb Tanner really hurt us. And yet we still only lost by seven. And then again, at the end, just like in 2016, there was another non-call by the referees on the final play of the game where easily could have been pass interference and we could have had the ball right at the one-yard line with a few seconds left or at least one untimed down or a few seconds, whatever it was going to be, to try to score. And they didn't pull the flag and Frost made them pull a flag on him because he chewed their ears pretty good. So for me, the final analysis as far as this game is concerned and as far as what Nebraska needs to actually get over the hump on these games is we need a game wrecker on defense. And I don't think we have one yet. I think we've got one in the making in Garrett Nelson. I really think that dude's got a motor that just doesn't quit and he's only going to get better. Um, And we need a game breaker on offense who isn't the flipping quarterback and having to make all the decisions on making the offense go. If you had a, crap, if you had an Amir Abdullah next to him, how good would this offense be? Or if you had a couple of Jeremiah Searles' on the offensive line that knew how to deal with the different fronts that defenses put up. Um, So Wisconsin has those guys. They have Braylon Allen on offense, and they have Leo Chanel on defense. And those guys can mess with everybody's game plans. So until Nebraska gets those players and it's not a quarterback, I think we're still going to be stuck, kind of in neutral. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think your your take on having a few game breakers on either side of our ball would make just a world of difference. And I actually, yeah, I agree. I think that Garrett Nelson is going to make a name for himself here at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just small. We got to get the small things right, ultimately. Um, special yeah. teams needs to get themselves sorted out. I mean, I can't remember what game it was 
earlier this season, but the talking point was essentially, uh, you know, if we didn't give up that huge that huge special teams error right at the beginning of the game, it's a completely right. different game. And same thing with this one. You know, we start mm-hmm. the game off with a kickoff touchdown run for Which Wisconsin. we hadn't given up all year. Yeah. And we had great coverage all year until Saturday. And it was just demoralizing to start the game off yeah. from behind. And yeah, we played we played a good game. We really did. We played an outstanding game and it was just a shame to kind of get robbed there at the end with a no call pass interference. Um yeah. and you know, I'm just sitting here trying to play out every single scenario at which we could have uh, pulled off a win, and I think that most definitely you take away that kickoff return for a touchdown, and you get that PI call. Um, I mean, of course, yeah. the entire game is completely different if that kickoff return wasn't a touchdown. Obviously, I think every every play has some sort of butterfly effect uh, down the game, yeah. down the road of the game. But it was just. Uh, it was it was one of those games that in in previous experiences in life I would have been on the edge of my seat paying attention to every little nuance of the game but since this season has just been an absolutely demoralizing uh experience <laughs> you know it's it's like that was yeah. an amazing game that I I didn't even get the uh opportunity to enjoy because I've just I'm at the back stretch of just being broken down and beaten up by all of these one score losses and shoot man yeah if you take away that that offensive holding penalty like we have a different playbook that we're that we're Mm -hmm. running with and yeah if we would have got that pi you know like we're down at the one you know we could just do a little quarterback sneak or hand it off to hand it off to uh marquis step and just power it right through. I don't know. There's just a million and a half things that you're just like, if we just fixed yeah. these small things, uh, we could be a way better team and have a way better record. And yeah, I don't, I, I guess that's really all I have to say. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, let's close the book on the game itself then. And let's move on to our players of the game for the Huskers. On offense, I have Adrian Martinez. I know he threw two picks. I get that, and I know he didn't quite get the job done at the end. Uh, but he did end up breaking the all-time total offense record at NU. For a guy that doesn't have a winning record, and he's now the total offense leader in Nebraska after missing probably, what, six games in his career, two, because of injury? Uh, that's pretty incredible when he's really spent the last three years without much of an offensive line in front of him. Uh, he went 23 for 35 for 351 yards, a touchdown, and he also rushed nine times for 23 yards and a touchdown. So uh, he was responsible for half of our scoring, and as I said, he now holds the all-time total offensive record at NU. But I'm here to tell you, and I've heard this on other podcasts, and I completely agree, if you had the chance to have Tommy Armstrong run this offense, wouldn't you want it? Oh, yeah. God, I'd love to see Tommy running this offense. Absolutely. Would. That dude's a gamer. That dude makes plays at the end of games to win them. 
Uh, so yeah, I, 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 he just passed the guy that I really wish was running this offense, especially with the crappy offensive line that poor Adrian's had to deal with the last two years. So that's my offensive player of the game. Who's yours? I have a feeling I know. <laughs> Mine would be uh, Austin Allen. Obviously, he he just balled out. He had seven receptions for 143 yards, beating the uh, school record for reception yards uh, by a tight end. So 143 yards, 20.4 average per reception. He had zero touchdowns, unfortunately, but had a 38-yard long, and dude just balled out. He was he was pretty clutch. Yeah. At, at some moments, and same thing with uh, you know, honorary mention would be Samare Torre. Uh, I mean, just right out of the gate, first uh, first drive that Nebraska goes on, Samare gets two receptions, one for forty two yards, and the other one for twenty seven yards, basically putting yeah. us in position to uh, answer right back with Wisconsin's kickoff return for a touchdown. So, you know, thanks thanks to Torre for really being uh. A, an explosive player at times um but yeah austin allen takes the cake for being my player of the game mm-hmm. one because he broke a record and two because yeah he just came in clutch uh shoot let's see uh wasn't there a big one he had in there um or maybe they were just big chunk yards yeah set, oh yeah that's what it was it was uh it was a fourth it was fourth and two it was fourth mm-hmm. and two. We were in the uh, fourth quarter, about halfway through the fourth quarter. And, yeah, Martinez, they did a really good scheme play there and mm-hmm. got Allen for a 38-yard reception. So, yeah, good yep. good on Austin Allen. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a baller. I wish we would have been able to find more ways to include him throughout the year. Yep. But at the same time, I feel like every single defensive uh coordinator before each game that's played against us has looked at Austin Allen and said he's going to be a problem we need to we need to put guys on him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and also uh I think a lot of it falls on Martinez there have been so many times this season I can remember Austin Allen being open well I don't want to blame it solely on Martinez it's Martinez in our offensive line there have been multiple times where I've seen Austin Allen open and Martinez hasn't been able to see him either either because he isn't going through his progressions or the pocket's collapsing so fast he can't go through his progressions. So right. I can't imagine what kind of uh what kind of season Austin Allen would have if if that were to be the case cuz what is it this year he's got yeah 547 yards. I think he would be at 800 at this point if if those moments would have actually uh succeeded. So um right. yep. Offensive player of the game would be Austin Allen. Do um, you have anything to add to that? I completely agree. I really was torn between Martinez and Allen, to be honest with you. Uh, and I also was looking at Torre. But um, you know what? The reason I think Martinez is my guy is simply because he was under duress all day. They had to move the pocket all day just to give him a little bit of time to throw the ball. And he made an awful lot of plays. I mean, he only missed eight passes. Granted, five of them were at the end of the game, <laughs> so that kind of sucked. Uh, but doggone it, he had a great game. And, yeah, you know what? You said something that was really key there, uh, that number, that maybe Allen hasn't had the year that we thought he was going to have simply because the offensive line hasn't had the year that 
Greg Austin said they were going to have at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you don't have time to get down to your check down, um, you're not going to find the check down because you're too busy trying to not get killed in Adrian Martinez's case. So I think Allen could have had a much better year if the offensive line would have had a much better year. Uh, let's move to the defensive players of the game. We're both kind of in the same, same, uh, nobody had more than, nobody had double digit tackles yesterday, which kind of surprised me. I thought we would have a guy or two that would have double digit tackles, but we were rotating dudes in constantly because, yeah, that offensive line for Wisconsin could wear you the hell out real quick. So I think we rotate a lot of defensive linemen, rotate a lot of linebackers. So for me, Garrett Nelson is my defensive lineman that uh, is my defensive player of the game with six tackles. He led the team with six tackles, uh, four of them by himself. He had a sack and a tackle for a loss, and he actually defended a pass out in the flat to, I believe, one of the uh, one of the running backs, So, uh, which pissed off the Wisconsin fans because they were screaming for a flag cause they said he had a hold of the back of his shoulder pad, which is fine because... <laughs> there was a lot of calls on us that weren't thrown either, like holding all damn day on Ben Stilley. But that's normal, right? So that's my guy. That's my defensive player of the of the game is Garrett Nelson. Yeah, and I won't argue with that. Um, and I also have no input, really. Uh, my offensive player of the game is Luke Reimer for no other reason than he's just number two on the uh, on the stat line. Um, right. defensively, I felt like we did a pretty good job considering, uh, the circumstances going into this game. However, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Braylon Allen getting over 200 yards of rushing, you know, like our guys were on our he on their heels all game and there was a lot of missed tackles. Um, so mm -hmm. I think that's probably why the... Well, I want to say missed tackles. We were getting blocked. Like their offensive, their offensive uh, blocking Wisconsin's was just, it was just elite. Pretty much, they were doing a great job. Um, so really, there wasn't a standout player. It's a dang shame that JoJo Doman uh, wasn't wasn't able yeah. to be in this game. But at the same time, I don't blame the guy, um, and I have no, I have no uh, issue with it. To be honest. Um, but well, yeah. they said he shouldn't even played the Ohio State game. They the the doctors told him he really needs to get the surgery, otherwise he's you know risking his future. Uh, but he said no, I can't do that to Isaac Gifford. I can't make that guy try to figure out how to defend Ohio State on three days' notice. So he toughed it out, got a shot in his hand, and played the game. Uh, so God bless him. I love that kid. One of the best best defenders I've seen at Nebraska in the last 20 years, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, Luke Reimer's a good choice. I completely agree. I thought he played a decent game. Uh, that seemed like they were scheming to stay away from him. Um, and, yeah, he got his five tackles, three solo, one for a loss. So he played a good game. But you know what? When you're rotating <laughs> your defensive linemen and your linebackers all game long they're not going to get a lot of tackles and no. i think that was by design they really wanted to make sure those guys stayed fresh and let's be honest you take away those two uh long runs by braylon allen you get him on the ground after five ten yards instead of letting him go for 71 and 53 
Uh, he doesn't rush for but maybe 105 yards. Maybe. You take those plays away. And maybe with Deontay Williams on the field, those plays don't happen. Or if Damian Daniels doesn't get hurt before that last one, that one doesn't happen. Who knows? But, you know, you got to get that kid on the ground. And that's damn hard to do when he's 6'2", 238, and he can run a 4'5", 40. So, uh, impressive, impressive running back at Wisconsin. God, I wish we'd get one of those someday soon. Maybe Yant could turn into that. I sure hope so. Um, but anyway, I think Ron Brown, if anybody, Ron Brown can look at him and be like, all right, bud, here's here's what we got to yeah. do. And hopefully, yeah, we find that guy. But Yep, I agree. Exactly. I completely agree. So those are our players of the game. Uh, plus minus results. This was an interesting week for plus minus. I didn't expect this to happen. Um, but, uh, I had guessed, or I had given a plus minus of 41 net yards average per punt by NU. And I guessed the minus thinking that I probably wasn't right because I thought Pristop was going to have a good day because I thought we would punt a lot and we really didn't, <laughs> but he still averaged 38 yards a punt. So I guessed the minus. So I got, a, got the point there. You guessed the plus. So yeah, goose egg for you. Which is, it's nice the way this game works. You don't lose any points if you don't guess correctly, right? Um, whereas on the, you know, six-pack picks of the week, if I guess wrong, I lose. So it is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you guessed plus or minus 10 penalties on NU. And quite frankly, I was thinking about halfway through the first quarter i'm like i'm waiting for the refs to start throwing flags i'm really waiting because we're playing hard we're playing well and i just had a feeling that flags were just going to start freaking flying to make sure that wisconsin could win the game i'll be danged we would only had four penalties if it weren't for frost freaking out on the referees at the end of the game and asking them to throw a flag on him he literally asked them to (laughs) throw a flag on me so i can ask you why the hell you didn't call that you know (laughs) <laughs> so they threw a flag on him. We ended up with five penalties, and I guessed a minus on that. So I got two points this week. You got none, so I'm up 11 to 5, which makes me feel better about the fact that you are literally kicking my ass in the uh, in the six-pack picks of the week. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. You got anything else you want to add? Nope, uh, other than just uh, it was a good game. It was it was a good game, better than what I was expecting. So if you I was proud if of the you kids. if you listen to my uh, my uh, my preview of this game, I wasn't very high on them. So they they exceeded my expectations. Um, and honestly, what what more could you ask from a group of guys that just lost four of their five coaches? Um, especially, that offense looked really good. Our offense did look good. It looked like they played a little bit more free um, and loose. And I think they looked better in the red zone. They really did. It just, they did. There was a couple of drives down in there that they didn't do anything with that made the difference. So that's just kind of my closing thought. I just wanted to make that little disclaimer. I am proud of our guys. Um, I'm just so demoralized at the moment. So we will see <laughs> what happens when we get to Iowa, which I suppose – we're going to be there. So here's hoping it'll be an enjoyable experience. And, uh, 
God, I hope we don't have seats anywhere near the field because I don't want to have to drag my old ass over the fence if we win just to go out on the field and celebrate a 4-8 and eight season. No, I think we're in like row 70, so we're good. <laughs> okay, good. Good. We'll just watch and enjoy then, if it happens. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, celebrating the, uh, or uh, lamenting, I get, I guess, the uh, valiant effort in in Madison, Wisconsin, for the eighth freaking time in a row, Wisconsin has beat us. One of these days, we're going to get those guys, and they get to come to our place next year. So that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, if you want to be in contact with us at all, you can find us on the web at genredpod.com, where you can listen to the show right in your browser. You can download the show right from your browser, or you can subscribe to the show via the links provided right there on our homepage. You can also find us on your favorite podcast app. Whatever you listen to podcasts on, find, look for Generation Red. You'll find us. Make sure you leave us a positive rating and a good review. That helps our show get noticed. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash genredpod, where you can play the plus-minus game along with us. And then also, we're at genredpod on Twitter. Our YouTube channel is Generation Red Live, where there will soon be some content. Recorded videos, as well as live streaming the show starting in 2022. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, you can send them to genrpodcast at gmail.com. Or, if you want to be a part of one of the live streams we're going to do once a month before the 2022 season, Send us an email to that address as well, and we will add you to the list. The list is filling up quickly, so make sure you send that email. Anyway, for Scott and myself, together we are your favorite father-son duo who talk about the Huskers. We are Generation Red, and we're here to remind you every single week, and now twice a week, that in spite of their record, in spite of the fact that they're 9-2, and two, but yet we're favored by 3.5 points this Friday... Iowa's corn just freaking sucks, and there's no place like Nebraska. It's terrible, and the corn always gets stuck in your teeth, and it's usually pretty uh, it's pretty uh, starchy, so bad. <laughs> and it's probably evident in the toilet, too. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> Go Big Red. Thanks for listening, guys. Go Big Red. We'll talk to you. Real soon, Wednesday, when we do our Iowa episode. See ya. This podcast is not associated in any official capacity with the University of Nebraska or the Cornhusker football team. All opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts alone and are intended for entertainment purposes only. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Stay sweet and salty and go Big Red. Go Big Red.